other days and we came back and there was like Foof, and I was like I can't get rid of all of these <laughs> I literally and by the way my kitchen is not like this we have like dark brown cabinets so what you just take I stood in the kitchen for like two three hours just killing fruit flies killing fruit flies the next day the same time. thing I found another one I was like that's it I'm going in <laughs> two three four hours until I got rid of all of them I did nothing other than kill fruit flies, That's and it was a mission. It was hard because they're slick, man. <laughs> they look like la they look like really lackadaisical and like slow. And they look easy to get. As soon as you easy. come at them, they're like, Pew. they they have those they have yeah. those jets, man. They have explosiveness. <laughs> All right, well, you guys have been live on the fruit fly story. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's great. Um, but anyway, this is part two of the same podcast that we were doing last week. Not last week. I don't know when we're releasing. We have to figure that out. It might just actually be the next day. So we are recording in the same session. This was 10 minutes ago. We just took a break. So alaikum everyone. How's it going? Alex just went and killed a couple of fruit flies. That's him banging around that you can actually hear. So hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this right after, then welcome back. So we were talking about empirical realities, atheism, Muslim and, atheists, Muslim atheists. And who think I'm not going to use that word. <laughs> things that don't exist. Things, things that, that don't exist. Things that don't exist. Things that don't Like square triangles, yeah. right? <laughs> Christians who don't believe in Christ. Communist, doesn't exist. Communist Capi capitalists. Yeah, capitalists who don't believe in free trade. Alex, I'll take things that don't exist for 400. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. great. So oh I, I know Dr. Shady actually wanted to answer a couple of questions from our last podcast before we continue. Yes. A okay. couple of things that came up. This question came from uh, <clears throat> Miriam Estwani, okay? She says, talking about gender relations, saying, I understand there's definitely need to be for separation, but is it to an extent? In other words, what is the balance when we talk about gender segregation? Okay. So actually, just, separation to, bring, just, of gender. just to bring people back on that question, mm -hmm. uh, in the last podcast, we talked about uh, the conferences, uh, and I think she's referencing yeah. where we talked about you know, looking true. around in the conference, right? Yeah. Well, I, what, what about gender separation? I think Ali. Had oh the yeah, same I, 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 com I commented about that. Yeah. Yeah. The next comment was that he Ali went for ilm and ended up uh, that the was so distracted. Is that what you said? So yeah. distracted by the mixing, the closeness, and the dress of the people that the knowledge became less valued, devalued. Were you were you okay. distracted by the idea so, of the mixing or the mixing? So what happened was... <laughs> no one is distracted by the idea of mixing. <laughs> yeah. People are distracted Ali by the a, object that is mixing. Ali is a good kid, though. No, alhamdulillah. No, alhamdulillah, I do my best. <laughs> I'm, I'm not perfect. But the, what happened was like, you know, and this, this, is, a, this is a problem so common with mm -hmm. the guys I, that I talked about who went to the... Uh, we, we used to go every year to the conventions, right? We take a big bus from the masjid, drive all the way down to Baltimore for the Ikhna convention. Really nice convention. A lot of people uh, still benefit. Fantastic speakers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I went there, I used to go with my family and I'm going there with the expectation. Maybe it's my fault, I don't know that I go with the expectation that I'm going there for ilm, that I'm going mm -hmm. there for to listen to some to sheikhs talk about uh, uh, the, the, the Rasulullah or Salam or or whatever concept in Islam, right? Um, but for me going there, <laughs> <laughs> but me going there, right? I, I'm uh, I'm not even married yet, right? I'm mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm like 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever, right? I'm a teenager, right? Uh, and and it's not an easy thing to walk around. Right when you hear tuk 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 tuk, or like a bunch of uh, like somebody walk by and 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 they're not wearing what they sh what is is like 
it's all distracting. So you, right? you see, you see this stuff in a secular school in high school, yeah. but in high school you don't expect well to get dean, right? Yeah, so and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't to, expect to, it before somebody goes. Oh yeah, you're dealing with this all the day, and how yeah. you, this is just ridiculous. The fact is, and this is Sheikh Noah mentions this. Sheikh Noah Keller, I've heard him say this that religious people are attracted to religious people. That's true. So it's actually a bigger fitna for a religious Muslim <clears throat> when <throat> religious Muslim women or women who cover women that are in a religious environment are uh, making themselves attractive and vice versa. It's bigger fitna for religious women when a guy with a beard is also wearing because like a skin tight shirt. Because he's a compatible right, type of person. Right. Exactly. So, so because if you have a man, you're not looking at yeah. like one uh, a sh- uh, somebody that works in a strip club. Like you're disgusted by that. It's actually yeah. not attractive to you if you're a person of belief. So what you're looking for is another person of belief. And so you find the attractiveness that's in that. That's a great that's point. That's a great point. And that's, believe it or not, my friend said to me he, in London, we, we were all students living in the Fosis house, right? Uh, the Federation of Islamic Students or whatever it's called. Oh, nice. So basically, <laughs> he went off, got a job, right? <clears throat> he graduated, he got off, got a job. His job was to be the video guy for Islamic Relief, right? So he goes in every day. He goes in and he takes the footage that they capture and he makes videos out of it. And he travels with them to the next uh, event that they have. And you know, Islamic Relief does these huge events with like the yeah. latest famous singers and what have you. And he records the footage. So he's on site for the event. Then he goes back to the offices in London and cuts the videos up and makes whatever they want for them, right? He said, he said, man, I'm telling you, to work in an office with six young Muslim women was far harder than going to school, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, with non-Muslim women who are semi-undressed. Because, like he said, they're all compatible. He could possibly, it's possible that he could really, like his parents would accept from any of them to marry any of them. So he's like, to, to actually focus uh, not on that, was actually harder because oh. you know that he knows that when you go to secular university you know that there's gonna you're never going to actually be compatible with any of these people right yeah, so it's not a you, so your, your guard not, is up your guard is up but your guard and is if, down and if you're a person of a sound heart you're also not being attracted only to physicality right of course yeah. so you find personalities mm-hmm. you find and the most attractive thing that a person can have is belief in Allah yeah right and so if anybody out here is listening and going nah I definitely like like you know, half-naked, non-Muslim women more, you have a long road to walk. Yeah. yeah inshallah. Yeah. And, and, and even if that's your nefs speaking, when your intellect gets involved, and you actually, how are you going to live, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's out of the and question. how are you going to live with yourself? How you live with yourself? That's out of the question, right? right. I hope but, but I don't want to diverge too long. Yeah. Now, to, yeah, yeah, to answer the question, okay? <laughs> to answer the question, the answer is as follows. Okay. When the Quran gives us two guidelines didn't we say this last uh, two guidelines on I remember saying this recently uh, on the issue of modesty the first guideline is alright lower your gaze right you want spirituality you want spirituality you want to advance spiritually the first gate that needs to be closed are the eyes right it's not to say that you cannot make tawbah from it and advance you can make tawbah and advance in your commitment to Allah but the actual spiritual effects the nur that comes into the heart is stolen through our eyes when we look now Sheikh Sharawi said if Allah told you don't look then how are you going to mingle then how are you going to touch right 
If he told you don't look at, at the opposite gender, mm-hmm. then how are you going to mingle? Mm-hmm. So the Sharia says, if you, yeah, if you have an objective business, right, with someone, right, then you engage in that business and that's it. Otherwise, there should be no l- looking, right, at the opposite gender and no mingling. The other one is uh, uh, more uh, equally as important, the khalwa. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave a hadith. He says, لا يخلو أن رجل بمرأة ولو كانت كان يعلمها القرآن ولو كانت مريم بنت عمران صديقة. A man shall never, all right, be alone in a space with a woman, okay, even if he's teaching her the Quran, even if she's Maryam, the daughter of Imran, the صديقة, right. Now there's one exception to not خلوة. There's no exception to خلوة. There's one exception to mingling. Which is when you have guests, when you have friends, if you have neighbors, if you have extended family, the Quran tells us, That means there's a dinner, for example, right? You invite your co worker to dinner, you invite your neighbor to dinner, you invite your non Muslim family to dinner, right? It is permissible to eat dinner together, right? To be sitting eating, eating dinner together. Right? Just, just to be clear, it's not like uh, um, you as a. As a as a single Muslim in man inviting three female co-workers no, no, over no, for no, dinner, yeah. <laughs> or your That's three female neighbors, right? yeah. So this is fa- family, for example. Okay. Right, family. You invite your family to dinner. You invite your aunt and her family and her daughters and her sons, right? And your family and your daughters and your sons. Okay. Mm. Quran is not saying do it. It's saying la junah alaykum. It's like not wrong if it should whether happen, you eat happens, together yeah. or you eat separately, right? You know, like honey, your grandmother comes and brings the family together, your grandfather brings the family together, mm-hmm. right? It, and they want to all sit at the same table. This is permissible, right? According to the Quran. But still lowering the gaze is going to count. You're not going to sit there gazing, right? So the, these are the guiding guiding points to Maryam's question on gender segregation. Why do we believe in it? Uh, it's such an important feature of prophetic culture. That, yes, Prophet, peace be upon him, it did interact, right? But separation in general, right? Separation in general was the culture. And some people say, well, they associate separation with backwardness. Because the cultures that separate today tend to have the qualities of backwardness. Poverty, ignorance, illiteracy, etc., etc., etc. And the cultures that have the attributes of civilization, literacy, clean streets, you know, uh, bureaucracies, technology, they're all mixed. But I asked you, it's just accidental. It just so happens that these are the attributes of the civilized, quote-unquote, worldly sense. Sure, but they also, the cultures that mix, also tend to have the attributes of the uncivilized when it comes to gender That's very true. So there's fornication, there's Mm -hmm. pornography, there's every type of facet, there's, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, rampant, a single pregnancy mm-hmm. like there's in this country there's situations where you have the majority of kids born in, in certain communities outside of marriage and nobody even bats an eye so that, they may have clean streets but they have dirty lives subhanallah i mean uh, and 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 that's i don't i don't want to talk about gender separation in the atheist podcast however even if you go like i i don't think it's always the case like if you go to uh like i've been to hindu households yeah. right Indian families are still very conservative, right? You, even in Hindu households, the men and women don't sit together. Mm. They're not Muslim, right? They don't really have any concept of the, this has to be this way, right? But they sit separately. It's, it's just part of their they, culture. It's part of the culture, yeah. right? And there's very successful Hindus. There's very successful 
um, smart, intelligent Hindus as well, right? But they don't believe that everybody should be mixing. I mean, look at look at a classroom in elementary school, right? You have all the guys, like first graders, all the boys, they all sit together and talk at, at the lunch table. There's no, like, a, a, usually a girl doesn't come into that conversation. The yeah. girls usually stay over there and the guys stay over there. It's just naturally. Girls have like, cooties. It, it, yeah. Girls have, yeah, cooties and stuff like that, <laughs> but they just mingle better with each other than they do mixing. Not to say that uh, it doesn't plus, happen, but... if just read Dr. Leonard Sachs, so you could find out about how harmful it is to mix genders so, in schools. Yeah. It's, it's bad for them academically. Well, Leonard yeah. Sachs yeah, he's yeah. Good. Well, he said he, his his main study is this. His main study is w- w- what keeps civilization going, right? What is the best civilization? Is going to be, is it judged by achievements? He said no. Actually, the best civilization is judged by longevity. Hmm. What's the point of having a great achievement and collapsing Very fifty true. years later, Very right? True. Like this is the communists. They achieved a lot, but they collapsed, right? So I don't even know if you could call that a civilization, but it was a worldview right. that they applied. He, his formula was two simple things that he discovered in every civilization that lasted like hundreds of years. He said, separate the genders and mix the ages. Mm. And he, mm. said, um, he said, I call American civilization, American culture toxic because we encourage the opposite of these two things. Right. We encourage mixed genders and separate the ages. Mm. Right. So he said the Indian Native Americans, when they would go uh, hunting, right, they've taken, there, there's no age Right, you're taking everyone with you from the youth. It's the men are going, the <laughs> yeah. men going. You're taking the five year old. The five year old has a purpose, right? Right. The six year old, the seven year old, the ten year old, or whatever the, the cutoff. 80, the they might have had a cutoff, right? Oh. But they're taking everyone, <laughs> and you're a fifteen year old. When you mingle with a twenty year old or or, or a twenty five year old, it, it gives you st- emotional stability because you know that's what I'm going to be in ten years. Like I'm going to marry and have a job like this guy, and that's how we grew up. That our parents connected us with. The elders, there are the the older guys who were in college, getting engaged, getting jobs, and you see, okay, oh, that's what we do in life, right? Yeah. That's what you do in life, right? And you do it, and you're stable. You now <laughs> you go to the masjid, you see a, a old man, uh, you saw him work, you saw him go for retirement, marry his kids off, and you now you see him. What is he doing? He's retired. You see how he retires in life, how he keeps coming to the masjid, right? Uh, more often than not now, because he's retired. And then you're going to see him die. It gives you emotional stability that you know, okay, that's what I'm headed to as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. In traditional households, you you got this all-in-one family too. Because you would have many generations mm. living under one roof, which doesn't happen anymore. Unfortunately. It's a shame that it's lost. I tell you, it's a shame that it's lost. That you don't have... That people can't stand each other, unfortunately. This is a huge innovation. That Muslims used to live... Even recently, you have an, a, a house... What do you do? You got a new family? You build a up. Hmm. You build another story <laughs> up, right? You got another kid That's that comes. You build another uh, apartment, right? To the house. So the, and and the whole family <clears throat> raises each other. The morals, the beliefs are all reinforced by everyone, right? The babysitter is not some foreign person to to you know to your family. The babysitter is your grandma, mm-hmm. you know. The, right. the your playmates are your cousins. It's all reinforced. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, that's one of the reasons why we have such a messed up psycho psychology here in America. Everyone's yeah. separated. It's from being from Shaitan. The Quran tells us Shaitan wants to separate you. Oh, the So, I mean, I, do you guys think like these tangential like uh, conversations are distracting? From no. what? I, I think the, they're good. The, we're just having. We're just answering. The, 
Sheikh was answering the question and we're just like a- adding on to yeah we gotta no, take no, no, the I'm questions just, I'm just curious like, well we have to have a segment for Q&A and anyone who's listening out there you go to sspodcast.co or the Facebook page actually put it on no, no, sspodcast.co put in your questions and we'll take a segment each time you know to answer those questions and we won't be too long winded with it but I want to close with one story that at SOAS University of London I was given a halakha one year and the halakha was doing good. It was doing so good that the room was too small, right? And in this halakha were a lot of fringe people, a lot of fringe people, like uh, new converts, right? Uh, uh, guys and girls who are, are converts or half British, half Lebanese, or half British, half Desi, right? Or oh, half okay. British, half Moroccan, like very fringe, <clears throat> learning Islam, brand new, right? From scratch. And the room got too big, so we didn't know what to do. So the MSA head at the time, he said, I don't know what to do. So look, uh, I rented, a, uh, I reserved the room next door and I'm going to give you a speaker, right? And we'll, the sisters will go in that room and the brothers will be in this room, mm-hmm. right? And they'll just have the speaker. So I thought to myself, there's going to be uh, an uprising, right? Because all these new people who are completely Western in their culture, they're going to have an uprising because they're not used to this. So we went in and to my amazement, they loved it. Alhamdulillah. They loved the women loved Alhamdulillah. it. The women loved it more than the guys, which tells you something, right? The women loved the camaraderie that they could develop with the women, that it didn't turn into a showing off operation. Because think about who loses when you ming- when you mingle. Not every girl is the women lose. The women always, lose, right? Always. Not every woman, okay. Not I don't want I don't know how to say it. Not every woman is is, is attractive. They lose out. The guys don't look at them. You're right? definitely gonna get called out on that one. I'm just saving you a fact, right? I'm giving you a fact. Well, well you think? Also, we're not every guy is attractive. You think we're for the attractive? most part? I don't think any are. guy is attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's nothing to, to show off about. So, but I'm telling you, who wins out is the guys who are attractive and the girls who are attractive, right? Yes. That absolutely. can attract the attention of the opposite gender, right? This is just a raw fact. All right. If you deny this, you're you're in La La Land, right? Uh, the, uh, the actually beautiful mind was all about this right beautiful mind talks about this the percentages and the ratios if you yeah. watch that movie but basically the women went to an area where they felt i don't have to dress up i don't have to compete. worry i don't have to compete with yeah. the other sisters and also from the brothers too like i don't have to compete i don't compete yeah with yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like um, we compete and, with and the turbans f- from that from that element i realized i think it actually is fitra people like the concept People yeah, love the separation. They actually enjoy it. Hmm. When they get relaxing. around to it. When they get around to it. Because like in the beginning, like it's automatically, if we're separating people, it means like people think like it's not equal anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting an equal opportunity. Right? Like, uh, it's, oh, why, are the, why do the guys get to see the sheikh? Or why do the guys get to be right there? And, uh, you know, I, I, I heard that yeah. argument once, right? And yeah. I still remember it. It's from like 10, more than 10 years ago. And someone was complaining about a masjid up north that they had like a barrier. And they were like, it's not fair because we don't get to see the imam. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was a little more. Uh, it was more hardcore than you. Are. I had I had just moved. <laughs> I had moved from East Orange not that long. Ago. <laughs> so I, 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 I so see I that. said. So I said. I said. I said. Listen, you're coming for salah, right? Unless you're in the front row towards the middle, it's a big masjid, right? It's really big, like the size of MBS. I said, you can't see the imam anyway. Of course not. Because you're yeah. looking straight. So, or, and actually, unless you're a Maliki, you're looking straight and down, right? Yeah. So, 
you can't even see the imam anyway. Forget about if there's a barrier. If you're not a man in the first row near the center, you're not going to see the imam. And what difference does it make? Yeah. SubhanAllah. I, what, from what I've talked about, as long as the place <clears throat> is clean, the, 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 and obviously this is generalized, this is from what I've heard, as long as the place the is case, clean, yeah. the women don't care if they see the sheikh. As long as the place is clean and they get their question answered. And that's, what I've, that's what I've yeah. heard. And I mean, it's not yeah. always the case that the, the things are equitable. That what in the message that's that the, the spaces problem. are equal. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. you wipe away that's, all of yeah. separation because some guys didn't do it right. By the way, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this. It's not our position. It's not the position of, uh, of our school. It's not the position of our me- of our masjid. But it is a legitimate fic position that masjids should be open to men mainly, or maybe even exclusively. It's a legitimate position in the Hanafi madhab, um, and it has good backing. I mean, as far back as Aisha radiallahu ta'ala who said, if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw what the women are like today, he would have definitely banned them from the masjid. And she was talking about just a few years after his time, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, and I'm not saying that that's it. And again, it's not our position. It's not our masjid's position. It's not the position of Imam Malik. But it's a legitimate fake position. So if you go to a masjid and they say, we only have a space for brothers, just go to another masjid. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, a lot of people they hear that and they have this jerk reaction but we have to understand that some things are legitimate positions and you need to accept them right right um but you know we did detract off of our original topic about 20 minutes now people forgot the initial topic okay so the q a is now officially over and we hand it back to moyen the q a is officially over we had one question and that was the answer to it yeah what Alex is saying something. Just saying I was saying you could, you might even just clip this out and post it as a separate, uh, like the Q and A. It's up to you. Like a, we could do you. that. Like we a special, like bonus sound bite. Yeah, like Q and A. Like a like because if it's twenty minutes, it it should be enough for like a short. Yeah. Yeah. Question on gender separation, like a quick upload that you get on like, like you a know mini what? cast. You know what? Actually, that might be not a bad idea. That way, we keep the other one short as well. More so, work for and Saad. we did kind of more work for Saad. We'll, we'll forward it to corporate. We'll see what they think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your uh, major? Uh, Marketing or something? Poli oh, sci. <laughs> poli sci. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, no, uh, Gen- Generation Me. They don't have majors. Diplomacy. So want, they don't have majors. He wants to work in like majors. a juice bar. You <laughs> 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 should definitely get out of that. What kind of job are you looking for? Yeah. What are you What are you planning to do? You're gonna you, You're gonna be like a barista or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 will, I was, was poli sci major, and then I switched to history, which is not much better. Although I will I will defend millennials tooth and nail. However. Um, yeah. For on what? It's not, it's not our you know fault. What? They, they have one at quality. Work, at work. Okay. Because I do think millennials... They're hard workers? No. Are you nuts? They're smart workers. <laughs> smart driven from laziness or what? Whatever it may be. I think they're more efficient. We have less of a tolerance for nonsense at work. Right? Really? Yes. We can multitask really well. Listen, the one well, the, not o- me. the, the only quality I find about millennials, they're very agreeable and easy to deal with and friendly and non-confrontational. But... That's because they have no value. Do not <laughs> rely upon them for any, any principle. <laughs> Do not <laughs> rely upon them for any principle. Yes, there's no. It's like a nice squishy thing, but you can't stand on it. You can't lean on it. Right. No backbone. <laughs> well. All right, Moin, get back so to yeah, our let's, let's get back subject. To the topic, what, do, what do you have here for us, man? All right. So we were talking about empirical reality, and we started talking about the multiverse theory. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't want to confuse people. With not from the Flash. Not, not the multi, which which well, really although, upset me. Although the the Flash multiverse is based on the multiverse. Theory. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, anyways, 
people believe that there's other infinite universes like ours. Now, the reason Alex and I brought that up and Alex sent me the article is because it's not necessary to have empirical understanding of everything, right? And Ilm al-Ghayb for us is extremely important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And this is half of the reason why people can't understand things, right? Yeah. They need to feel it, True. hear it, see it. And that's why I think learning aqidah is really important, right? Um, do we have a class on aqidah? We're uh, always teaching aqidah, yeah, seeping we, it in here and there. And we do have our Waylam class on aqidah. And it's going to be a big part of ArcView. It's going to be one-eighth of ArcView. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. ArcView being the online uh, operation, which is going to uh, so beta version in January. MashaAllah. Yeah. Be- beta that, version, right? So <laughs> beta version, Okay. Uh, what is beta? You guys could beta. Um, uh, oh, we have an alpha and then a beta, right? No, we don't have no alpha. No, beta alpha means alpha. Alpha, like daughter, yeah, right? alpha basically means my son. Okay. Alpha means it doesn't work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember like video games like they'd come out with an alpha. Alpha means it doesn't work. So it's a beta version. It's going to come out in January, inshallah, and and we're and we're going to basically from the interaction with the users, we can develop it. Exactly. So we'll grow it as we go. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I think Alex, you were saying something about empirical realities. I, I, I forget where we left off. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I have a question though. I mean, okay. multiverse. I hearing it. I'm hearing it a lot. There are a lot of movies that you know try to use this theory. But how does it affect my day to day life? Why do I need to know? About oh, well, it? this is the greatest. To. This is the greatest part of it. <laughs> so, so to recap, this, if you're gonna make a list, Bismillah. so. The multiverse (laughs) theory, no, no, hypotheses, it is about something that is unseen, unproven, undetectable, unmeasurable, unmeasurable, and and all of those things will never happen because necessarily it is outside of the known universe and traveling outside of the known universe is impossible because the known universe is all that there is. Even if we don't know what the limits are, if you mm-hmm. go further, it's still the no, it's still the universe. So you can you can never reach it. So basically, it's the unseen, mm-hmm. but the unseen that we will that, that there's never even going to be a proof of, right? However, some of the top physicists in the world really believe this, and belief is the right term. And right? it's become a secular doctrine. Basically. It's a, it's I mean, there's there's debate because you know whatever there's debate, but this 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 idea, I for me, it stems from. This uh, how do I want this deifying of the universe? Uh. And you, you hear it in popular culture where people will say, "Oh, the universe gave me this." Or, mm. uh, I'm, I hope the universe will provide placeholder right? for God. So oh. yeah, yeah, so people treat the concept of the universe as a placeholder for Allah. Subhanahu wa taala. Well, people believe in the singularity. Which well, is explain. Well, no, no. Let's let's, that's let's get back the to flash. that. <laughs> These are all just like uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who, who's the guy who made Batman? What's his name? Um, Christo- uh, Christopher one, Nolan movies. The These one? are all Christopher Nolan movies, right? Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, like he's probably well steeped in DC this. comics. This is, this is the type of stuff that he Marvel, made. but stuff like so that. the so the multiverse. They, the the arguments that they make is well, we think that the all the equations and all the math that we've done it leads to us believing that these things exist. We don't have any proof of it. It's all speculative, but we think so. And we also think that it's going to be sort of like the way that it is here. So it's physical to them. It's not like the way that Allah Ta'ala calls us to believe in. Some of it is not a physical reality like we, we suppose that we know here. All right. So what what's that math? So they're talking about the Big Bang, yeah. which is less than a 100-year-old theory. It's relatively new. The Big Bang does explain some things that correlate with what we believe and we've learned through revelation 
their idea is, well, look, we're looking at all these numbers and we're looking at all these equations that tend to explain the universe that we're living in and it makes sense. Um, but there's no reason why there was only one Big Bang. There could have been, there could be Big Bangs every single mo millisecond of, of existence. And so mm -hmm. there could be all these universes explode. So, which is the real core issue, way worse than this multiverse belief. It's this belief <coughs> in spontaneous self-creation. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like you've Who's completely. Blood? So the common people they say the universe, and I hope that the universe gives me, or don't put that into the universe. You know all these silly com uh, cultural terms. The physicists, the scientists, the empiricists, the hard. We only believe what we can touch, see, smell, and measure and weigh. These people say that about everything except the mo single most important <laughs> question is how did it all start? Yeah, they this refuse. The they refuse. And in this case, the most logical the most sensible, the most intelligent answer is God, right? And then we can talk about theology and why it's Islam and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we're talking about. But definitely God. Yeah. No, the universe. Yeah. Come on, you got to give me a break with this. It's and, uh, nonsense. They're extrapolating, extrapolating, but we haven't figured out how we got to point zero. Yeah, and, they call, like, and this is, it's, they'll never know. They can measure. They can measure thing. waves all the way back, mm -hmm. light all the way back to that first point. But what sparked it? Because yeah. we're here. Like to me, the silliest, the the, the craziest thing about this sci scientism, right? This mm -hmm. this idea that science is the only thing that could ever explain anything is the fact that it can't explain the most important thing, which is where did it all come from? And the fact that we're here means we did come from somewhere. And matter can't create itself and energy doesn't create itself yeah. and space doesn't create itself and time which they finally come around by the way to acknowledging the islamic position which is that time is created and it's mm -hmm. not real and it's an experience time cannot create itself it has to have a creator and a creator is by definition god Allah subhanahu uh, wa ta'ala and, and it all goes back to the age-old theological position that what is the our origin of belief in a creator is that the first thing is through observation is cause and effect Right. right for everything that exists there must be a cause and no matter how far we go back okay whether your one civilization could go back a thousand years another can go back a billion years another can go back a hundred billion years you still have the same question of right, how did that begin right right which yeah. you have to go and this is another thing if you want to know aqidah you should know these terms ador with tasalsul dor is matter creating itself Right in an infinite cycle, like a chicken and an egg, but no one came first. Yeah, unacceptable. Right, one has to come first. That's called daur. The second one is tesalsul, which is an infinite regress. Right, unacceptable. Right, no, that we all agree there has to be a zero point. Right, that put all this in motion because, as you just said, we know matter doesn't create itself, energy doesn't create itself, time, space, motion—they don't create themselves. Right, so therefore, right, what what there must be is a force with intel with knowledge okay that is beyond these forces these physical forces of time space and causation and that's the definition of god right that's the first definition with the intellect only that it is a living force with knowledge and creative power that is outside of the physical forces and not subjected and in fact is the creator of the physical forces of cause effect time space and all these things sure. So this is my contention. So uh, the cosmologists, the scientists, uh, uh, the scientific cosmologists, they will argue that they believe all of this. However, they don't attribute intelligence to it. Yeah. This is the one thing, the one line that they won't cross, right? Unbelievable. So it's all spontaneous and it's all accidental. 
it happens over and over and over again, infinite number of times, but it's just a big accident, which is, I mean, let's, let's look at one thing, right? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not a biologist, but so the, the existence of the eye, mm-hmm. right? Starts how? There's a thing floating in the water, some kind of multi-cell creature. One of the cells on its back is extra sensitive to light. And so as it starts to, you know, grow and divide and mutate and evolve, that thing gets more and more sensitive, that cell. Of course, it's reproducing with other things that carry on that sensitive back mm-hmm. cell gene or whatever it is. And then eventually, you know, it becomes so sensitive that it can detect the light. And then it splits into two at some point in this, whether it's here or at a later point. So because binocular vision is what you need in order to perceive, perceive depth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so somehow why this little floating thing needs to perceive depth. We don't know. Yeah. And why it needs to have vision and perceive depth. So it has, but it develops these and then it keeps getting more complex and more, more. Sh- and every time this, this super beneficial mutation happens, it happens in a way that it's be, it's able to be carried on to the next generation. Right. Yeah. And so this positive mutation keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening to the point where you have what we have now, you know, cones and rods that detect color. That, and by the way, you know how the human vision works, right? The eyeball is actually seeing things and it's flipping them upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, like it happens sometimes with it's refraction. Wrong. And then it goes through your optic nerve and then it gets flipped right side up it's again, so right? And you have one on each side so that you can you can tell how far things are instead of just seeing it flat, which now, is what happens with one eye. But this is just like by coincidence. Go kill yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you believe in that, you have a lot of faith, honestly. Yeah. You have a lot of faith in nothingness. Tell me something. What you described is a step-by-step process. Yeah. In a step-by-step process, uh, let's say A through Z, A can survive by itself. B improves it. C improves it. Isn't it a fact that the I, its individual parts have no use unless they're put together Mm -hmm. in a sphere? Right, like you can't yeah. put together. If you're going to put together, let's <clears> say an arch, an arch, you cannot put. Let's say by the old-fashioned way they used to do it, by the bricks, right? You cannot put one brick and then tomorrow come put the next brick. You got to put them all together, <laughs> or like pressure flooring, it's got to all come together, right? right? At once, there is no point in having A without B, right? I mean, you should you should get a book by Stephen Meyer and look up his stuff. He's a Christian guy, who is arguing that intelligence is one of the most scientific forces right living intelligence a conscience a conscious living intelligent uh being is the most explanatory theory right it's the most logical one it's the most logical theory yeah the reason that they refuse intelligence they they refuse to acknowledge that when they're talking about the universe and creation that they're talking about in uh, a, a purposeful creation mm-hmm. it's just you know this recalcitrant stiff nakedness like they're like I'm not going to acknowledge God and I get it like because responsibility comes with oh, it. not only oh, that they're, they're, this training comes from Europe generally right and Europeans had a very fraught relationship with their religion and particularly science and religion the mm-hmm. church was very opposed to science mm-hmm. throughout almost all of its history mm-hmm. scientists came up with very reasonable uh, discoveries oh we, the universe doesn't revolve around the earth the earth revolves around the sun. The sun. Yeah. And those people would get like kicked out of the church and, and they have to flee <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. Like it, they had this very unscientific relationship with God. Yeah. And, you know, there's also this, what what I heard Imam Sarraj, may Allah protect and, and grant every good and protect from every harm Imam Sarraj. He's such a I mean, real sheikh. I, mean, right? I saw him, he was invited at a, this is 15 years ago at least, he was invited to a, uh, an interfaith that's related. 
He was invited to an interfaith <laughs> dialogue at Rutgers. And, uh, you know, people gave their introductions. And then when it was his turn, he came out wearing the same thing he always wears, right? Yeah. And uh, the same type of outfit. And he said, you know, I'm glad that you guys invited me. And, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for it. He said, but I, I, I really have to say this because I wouldn't be honest and truthful if I didn't. And he said, I believe as a Muslim, my belief is that the most abominable thing that human beings have ever done was to say that God was a man. And he's saying this to Christians and Jews, but Christians also, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's firmness. That's true interfaith dialogue. There you go. I yeah. stand firm on what I believe. That's true. I don't think that what you believe is kind That's of true. okay. Yeah. This is also a tremendous problem for Western science uh, because they're, they, 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 they spent almost 2,000 years worshiping a man uh, in an image of a man. And even God is like this older man that mm-hmm. produced a man that kind of looked like him and no, the uh, self-deification uh, and it also reduces the reality of what Allah is to yeah. just a big human in the and sky. And that's why that's why like atheism in general isn't necessarily I would argue a intellectual backlash against religion. Psychological. Yeah. It's psychological, yeah. emotional, emotional sure, sure. right? A lot of people have <clears throat> gone through a lot of abuse in the name yeah, of that's true. religion and that's why Very a lot true. of people a lot of people hate Mm-hmm. God for this reason, yeah. and a lot. By of, the way, if all I had to to fall back on was Christianity, I, you would reject Allah it too. Adam, I might reject. might reject. I might be a too. secularist. I might be an agnostic. I might be like yeah. I'm. I believe in something, but I don't know. If it wasn't for the structure of Islam, I don't know that I could have believed in anything and, else. And the answers the Islam gives you answers yeah. for the intellectual who's thinking and thinking and asking questions. Right. And, and this is my favorite quote uh, ever. Sheikh Noah Keller, who I mentioned earlier, he has a quote where he says, "Many men, many men and women." Much more intelligent than I and much more intelligent than you have believed in Allah. SubhanAllah. And so Subhanallah. Yeah. intelligence and scientific mm-hmm. knowledge and being really, mm-hmm. really sophisticated has nothing to do with it. And there are many scientists who are <clears throat> far superior to many of these scientists that exist today. Have mm-hmm. also existed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the scientists of the past. Like, How did we get today if it wasn't for the brilliance of the past? Right. right? Yeah. And all the, those brilliant minds, they also accepted the existence of a being beyond themselves. Now, uh, Dawkins... When you when you look at his books, okay, he betrays himself so uh, clearly and obviously. The first point is that whenever he's talking about God, he has never studied Islamic theology. No, he has never studied Islamic theology. All his talk about God is the Christian God, the Christian uh, version of God. Secondly, very early on, one of his his his, his major book, uh, very early, I think it's like on page six. He says something like, why we need the theory of evolution so badly, right? Because there is no other way to be intellectually satisfied. <laughs> right? Because we have no answers, right? Yeah. So we need this theory, right? And then most, also atheism, when you introduce another being, that one that is more powerful than you, that made you and made your universe, okay? You're no longer, you're no longer doing what you want. Right. Mm. You, you have the right now to be given orders and, and the human being doesn't want that this is the biggest thing people don't want I don't want to be given orders I want to be told what to do right if you don't realize if you didn't realize that actually in that obedience is your freedom otherwise you're you're trapped by your ego you're always right? a, you're a slave, slave to, to your ego you're always a slave to something yeah. the only thing worth being a slave to is Allah subhanAllah and right. this is and, and this is really an important concept because you realize that we end up being slaves to the things around us. And and we were going to do another podcast on this where we we're going to talk about mentors, mental slavery. Didn't we right? do it? 
we never released it, um, but we did do it technically. Um, But now people are going to ask, oh, you know, where is this? (laughs) Maybe you'll get it one day. The the, the secret podcast files. That's the secret (laughs) podcast files about mental slavery. No, no, no. We were going to do it. And then I think we ended up talking about conferences or something else, I think. The traveling. That that was the following week. That was the following week. And that one has also never been released. Maybe like a a bonus tape. That was the really uh, raw... (laughs) Raw yeah. uh, conferences one. Yeah, we had to tone that one back. You know, the thing is, there are, there's a range, right? There's a range, and you have ghadab, you have ghadab, and you have rahma. You have anger. There are certain things you should be angry about, and then uh-huh. there's also rahma. And my fear is that a lot of people confuse between the two. They confuse the concept of that you have limits and you're strict about your limits, right? Right. And that you actually have beliefs, right? And you don't care, you know, what the consequences are for those beliefs, and they actually take it. They confuse that, or it often, oftentimes is confused, and people take it as a culture of hate and anger and division. That's what that. That's how they take it, and that's why, like, there's nothing that I know that we we don't believe, but it's when it's portrayed. Yeah. Like like a teacher always in my mindset when you study aqidah and fiqh, you're gonna start seeing a lot of people doing the wrong thing. Don't forget your rahma, right? Don't forget to contextualize where those people are coming from that they might be. So out there because of a reason, right? right? right. And like like a lot of the Muslim feminist blogs out there, right? That will drive you crazy. Some of the things that they're saying, you don't know. Like we still drives you crazy and still wrong. You don't know where they came from. They maybe like you said, their only a version of religion was so bad that this is the natural result, right? Right. right? <clears throat> and we take for granted that we have teachers. No, of honestly, course. you can't take it for granted that we had people who were upright, who had great families, great, everything about them was excellent, right? Beautiful people and gave us knowledge, right? We can't take that for granted. Many people out there in the blogosphere, writing these blogs on Twitter, hating on uh, on, a, on the things that we hold to be, that are true, okay? Uh, may, they probably don't, never had. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is why uh, when I was on Twitter more often and they were, we were having discussions with people sometimes, I, I posted a, a, a funny picture it was uh, from one of the Godfather movies, and the character saying, "It's it's never personal, Sonny. It's only business." So, right? <laughs> well, his name is Sonny. He goes, "It's never personal, Sonny. It's so always business." So this is correct, right? So when we address these issues, I, I don't I don't know who the who the person is that wrote the blog. I don't even care, right? Yeah. It's not about that person individually. I know that that person is going to feel personally aggrieved yeah. that their ideas are being challenged, and you know, so be it. You put yourself in the public sphere, and you've been critiqued. That's fine. You can not like it, like it, doesn't matter. It but it's not screen. about you personally. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't even know the names of all these people. None of them. Yeah. Every article I'm talking about, I, don't, I haven't even bothered to learn the author's name because it, it's irrelevant. The ideas are wrong, and we're talking about ideas. Oh, we yeah. do. I do have an issue with uh, our culture, modern-day culture, especially the latest uh, 10 years, is that uh, the concept of being uh, offended is stifling to debate. It's stifling to put any emotion in your talk. You cannot put any emotion in your discussion anymore, right? Because this, the person who's going to, you know, be listening, they'll get offended. I mean, it's gonna be in the past. This wasn't the case. I mean, growing up, you know, if you're offended, that's not something you say, right? Yeah. It's not something you say. You just okay. That's that's how it is, right? People are yeah. different. That's their belief. But I mean, nowadays, you just in order if you really want to get your idea to people and you want them to listen. All right, you just have to be able to bridge the gap between haq, right, and not mincing words, 
and recognizing there's a rahmah for people. We need to have rahmah for people because that's yeah. what the prophets are all about. Yeah. 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 Uh, one so, thing. One thing I want to bring up. <clears throat> it's slightly off topic, but it it, it relates, and I'm going to bring it back. One thing I want to relate in regards to the whole atheism thing, right, and, and, and doubt that occurs within people and, and reading things online, because this is a problem that I encountered. And after years of this, you know, I, I've learned something. When you read something online, especially and, and it, when it comes to this specific topic about atheism and, and, and faith, when you read something online, you have to take it with a grain of salt. One, because you don't know who the author is. When a legitimate person in person talks to you, right? They talk with emotion. They talk with a background, a history. But online, an anonymous person, you have no idea who they are and what they're talking about. So for example, right? If Ali came and he started talking to me about cultural Marxism, Right and forgive me. Let's say it was another person. Let's not say Ali. Let's say it was another person. Right. Let's say one of your younger students. Right. Sure. Comes and talks to me about cultural Marxism. I'm gonna be like, okay, you're an idiot. Get lost. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but if Alex comes and talks to me about cultural Marxism, right, that makes a complete difference. Okay, the he's older. He's a bit more experienced. Right. He maybe a bit more read. Now this makes a huge difference on. Oh, he's shaking his head no, but this <laughs> not, is a bad not, example. Not, not red as in communism red, right? R no, no, he's not red. Well read, well read, red. well read. red. Yeah. In, in Britain, that still means communist. Uh, you're, you're well read. Are you saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's use another topic. Let's say dinosaurs, right? Okay. Uh, if he doesn't, if he if he he might be a bit more educated on dinosaurs. I take that into consideration. When I hear him. When you see the person. When you see the person, right? And so many times, and I've noticed this on your your page, specifically, Dr. Shadi, right? You'll have some person <laughs> debating with you yeah. on something. And I know you, you go back and forth with them. Other people will go back and forth with them. However, you have to realize the person on the other end could be a dude that's living in his mom's basement. <laughs> and, he's, and he doesn't know anything about the world. Oh right? And he's like, oh. But God, you know, you don't understand, guys. Dude, like, dude, I read all these I philosophy was, I, books. I've been I was discussing about a couple a year ago or something with some guy for months. And every time I ask him, hey, what's your background? What do you do? No answer. Refused to answer the simple question. What do you do? What's your background? Like, Refused. Mind, would your mind change if he told you, hey, you know, I'm a dropout philosophy major from community college? What would you think? You'll be like, Don't okay. Be so I would be... <laughs> I, my my job is still to clarify questions of Dean, but I. Uh, you but know, your personal opinion would change. You'll be like, okay. Of course, I'm not dealing with a philosopher. Yes, yeah, the or, way I approach this person is now different. It's different, no doubt about it. Right. So, um, and and this is something to really consider when you read. First of all, this topic: go to the masjid, talk to your local imam, a learned person, not just any person, a learned scholar, right? And when you do, you'll be able to actually engage yeah. and have an understanding. Like I have a lot of atheist friends, right? Online, these guys are like you would you would be, you'd think they're you're like talking to the Cunt. the intellectuals yeah. of the intellectuals. Right? <laughs> but you meet these people in person, and you're just like, dude, you can't even buy a car. And uh, you're telling me I, that I you're gonna I, you're gonna talk about God? I, you don't even know how to get a job, bro. You, you, you would be swindled, right? <laughs> Listen, take these comments from people. This is a funny experiment to do. When you get a really intelligent comment, highlight it. Control C, right? 
Go into Google. Hit Control V. Guarantee you it's going to come up from a website. All right? Guarantee you people get a, a lot of the stuff that they say you know, from like websites and they just change the word. Wallahi Right before you say that shit, <laughs> I was going to say Steve Jobs should be punished I know. <laughs> for inventing copy paste yeah, exactly. because that's all that this is <laughs> that's all they do it's subhanallah i was literally gonna say yeah. the same thing and you'd be surprised in person people are not actually that smart right like i'm not saying we are either but it's yeah. like like yeah. it, like even like here we're talking on the podcast there are times where we're looking stuff up and people are like oh these guys are great no we even we look things up yeah. sometimes right yeah. but it's like this happens in person too like when you encounter these ideas you need to tackle them in person, in real life. Get off the internet. Yeah. Right? Especially Ali. Like, I mean, it's being younger, I'm sure you can comment on something oh, like this. Oh, so right? uh, the, the, I think, like, the best example of this is, you know, around, around election time, if you're a high school student, you have kids debating about, like, president elections <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. You can't even I, vote yet, dude. dude just don't, you don't know, even. You know the schools they do? The schools do this uh, uh, mock debates. Uh-huh. You're in second grade. Yeah. This You're in second grade. <laughs> or voting. Oh, who are you going to vote for? You know, you're giving the kid a sense that there's no order to the world. You're giving them a sense that I actually have a say. We want. I want to teach. When they when they do leadership programs, it really bothers me. I want a followership program. How could you be a good leader if you're not a good follower? Uh -huh. How could exactly. you be constantly obsessed with the word empowerment, empowerment, empowerment? You're in second grade, okay? <laughs> yeah. You're in second grade. You need to learn how to be a follower first before being a leader, right? I, I think a future podcast should be about the, about education, uh -huh. the um, traditional Islamic notions, what's, what's happening today, etc. Yeah. I think it would be relevant for us because I think uh, Middlesex County probably has the highest concentration of Islamic schools yeah. in the state. You, you, you <laughs> want to talk about empowerment? You want to talk about what is the most relied upon most important institution in any nation is it not the army mm -hmm. right if you're gonna if you're for your life what do you have what do you put up you put up the army go to the army and see if every soldier is to be empowered with a decision <laughs> the opposite. Gonna, it's, the opposite. <laughs> it's why because be it terrible. breeds chaos right yeah. yes you can have a decision when you're qualified right when you have proven that you're qualified then you'll be a marine then you'll be a corporal. Then you'll be whatever. When you're qualified, then you'll call the shots, right? So and, and this if, isn't good. If you if you look at Sheikh Hamza's uh, introduction to instruction of the student, mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the, the original author's name. Shurnubi. Yeah. So in his intro, he talks about this idea um, that there are levels of human beings. Yeah. There's ranks. Mm-hmm. It starts with the NBA, mm -hmm. and then there's the there's the messengers, and then there's the prophets, mm -hmm. and then there's the awliya, there's and it goes yeah. and the sahab, and it goes all the way down, right? And so people are not all the same. Yeah. And, and the idea that you can have everybody can be must be treated the same. Not everybody is the same. Would you treat your mother the same way that you treat some girl in the yeah. street that's twenty years old? Of course not. So, They're I, both women. I, They're both I adults. Really, I really believe that literacy is important in a democracy if you're not literate why should you have a say if you in a, in the vote and not, not i'm not talking about literate lightly you can read street signs right i'm talking about you're literate you can read an, an article and and answer certain questions like there shouldn't there be there should be an exam why shouldn't there be an <laughs> well, exam here's the, here's the thing right? thing is <laughs> there was it was only applied to black people in the south <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they were literally called literacy <laughs> tests <laughs> well here's the thing right if I came up to somebody and I said, hey, 
so and so movie is fantastic. Yeah. And they're like, "Have you seen it?" I'm like, "No, I haven't seen it yet." <laughs> it's like, "What do you mean? How how can you tell me that it's fantastic? How can you tell me, right, that my religion says so and so or that God is not there or that, you know, this religion is a farce when you don't know anything about it?" Right? You're going to tell me that my religion is wrong and you don't yeah. know anything about it? Yeah. Right? Can you do the same with a movie? Can you do the same with a book? <laughs> or, or referencing a doctor or a plumber? As yeah. A, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm you gonna, don't know anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something really... So I can tell you that like the new uh, X-Men movie is fantastic. By just right. going on IMDb. No, because the literal Twitter's. definition of fantastic means like imaginative and fanciful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so semantics oh, okay. are important. Exactly. I mean, and that's why, right, Saad said that one comment about atheist Muslim, Muslim atheist. What's the yeah. difference now? Yeah. Right? Because they're, they're you, according to the liberal definition, there must be some difference. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so course. a Muslim atheist is an atheist that wants to be a Muslim. And an atheist Muslim is a Muslim that became an atheist. Could be the other way around. Yeah, you could switch it. By the way, neither one of them is a Muslim. <laughs> and, <laughs> or an atheist. And won't be, well, and, they're not an atheist and, either, And won't be actually. until they leave behind uh, the yeah. atheism. Uh, yeah. And actually, they're not even an atheist. Well, they could be. So I encourage everyone, because we talked about Dawkins earlier, I encourage everyone to go read um, John Gray's review of Dawkins' uh, book. It's in The Guardian, I'm pretty sure. Mm. John Gray is G-R-E-Y. And John is the regular spelling. His review of Dawkins. It's one of the most intelligent things I've, re I've read about Richard Dawkins. John Gray is an atheist too, by the way. But he's an atheist. He's an intelligent philosopher. Mm. His atheism is what it is. Um, but is he's he not... Is he taking Dawkins as being cheap in his... Uh, yeah. He says he's not, he's, he's not a good scientist emotional. or a good philosopher. You know what he is? He's an emotional leader. Yeah. Why yeah. is Dawkins' name out there? The guy knows how to read people. He knows how to push certain buttons. Yeah. He has ambition, right? And he's emotional. He has pushed, he's revived the emotion. And even even the he, title of his book, The God Delusion, as yeah. if you're in some delusion about so, that. Yeah. So he's basically like the Donald Trump of... Uh, and and of by the way, according, yeah, because, well, according to John Gray, who you know knows a lot more about him than we do, um, he's not a very good person. And his, his Twitter uh, has revealed that. When yeah, he made fun of uh, you know babies that are deformed, why did you why do you have him in the first place? Yeah, things like this. he's and he's he's a horrible human. He's being. actually uh, betrayed himself. He's lost a lot of his fan base, and he's he's actually the butt of jokes now. Dawkins for in England for his tweets, he's actually the, I think maybe his wife took the phone away from him or something because he's just publisher probably did because he's destroying himself because of his tweets, hmm. yeah, making fun of uh, kids that are born with. Uh, Again, you know, Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> Twitter is the, the slogan the for Twitter should be sharing news and bringing the idiocy out of people. Yeah, so but this is this is the this is <laughs> because there's there's people who genuinely don't believe something or they don't they're not smart enough to understand the proofs or they haven't been convinced or they've only seen bad religions, etc. Right? But then there's people who are, you know, they they they're intentionally yeah. atheistic. And they want to bring other people to that Into disbelief, atheism. and it they have a this mean streak to their right, yeah. and they have a yeah they're true kufar, yeah. and they they all they can expect is a bad life in this life and mm -hmm. a bad yeah. uh, next life like, no and the the evidence is there like they, none of them end well yeah never yeah and, and it, not the sincere person who's like oh I'm just haven't seen anything and I don't know too yeah. much and 
you know, all I know is this, my parents type of religion. I don't really, that's, that's, there's problems in that, obviously, and they, they need to correct it. But they're not like bad the people, zealots. mean people. Yeah. And they're not, yeah, they're not calling to shaitan the way yeah. that these people are. And actively, every day waking up, wishing and hoping to destroy and pull down no. right, these religions. And no. let me tell you something. Atheism is, uh, I, be- I believe that atheism is actually, in our eschatology, a mere stepping stone. Because shaitan is going to fill that with something else we know through what the Dajjal is. Mm. The Dajjal brings a false religion that calls to himself, right? right? So in shaitan's plan, I don't think atheism is the end result. No. Atheism is just to clear the path for something else, what shaitan really wants, which is to be worshipped himself on the earth. You guys that, don't know about the singularity? Tell well, me about so it. So that's, that's very Dajjalic. <laughs> and, and by the way, just to the, what you just said, so we were, much of what we talked about today is that even the most like empiricist empiricists, they actually believe in stuff and they believe stuff they that's unprovable, right? So there is no real atheism happening there. It's just that they refuse to believe in Allah Ta'ala, yeah. right? In any manifestation, in any religion, they're making up their own and eventually they're going to end up with like a science religion. Uh-huh. So what's the singularity? <laughs> so Alex mm-hmm. already knows this. He's laughing because it's hilarious, right? So there's, and I've referenced this in an earlier podcast, but there's actually a big movement, right? That, and I'm not just talking like, like random people out in the middle of nowhere. There's very famous people uh, who believe that we are a software simulation, right? It's almost become like a religion now. And I'm not just talking There's about a, like a fringe this group. Is this is an enormous amount of people who believe Keanu Reeves. This is Keanu Reeves and... and, and, and Mark Zuckerberg. No, no I'm Tesla. talking about... You're talking about... The Matrix. The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the Matrix. This and the, the, Matrix. the funny thing is... So I do a lot of research on this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is... The logic of the singularity is actually sound, right? Okay. To well, some degree. So they believe that we live in a simulation, right, of software, and we ourselves are already in that simulation. Okay. Or perhaps in the future, right, this software, uh, the, the, the pace at which our software is growing and artificial intelligence is growing, in the future, we will create a software that's powerful enough to simulate a reality for us and we can be in it. But we have no way of knowing whether we're in it already or whether we will be in it in the future. So the argument is, okay. at the pace we're going, it's going to happen. They're going to have virtual worlds where things exist in this virtual reality as just software simulations. And so that's 100% guaranteed to happen at some point. Could have already happened. We have no way of knowing. I, to some degree, yeah. believe in the singularity <laughs> after reading so much. However, to, it becomes ridiculous because you believe in that, but you don't believe in Allah. Subhanallah. Right? It's and a very complicated belief. It's, it, even the singularity, the, the way they do it is like, okay. Again, undemonstrable. No way of proving it. No way of seeing correct. it. Correct. And they'll yeah. say that even religion itself is something the singularity created. It's their God, right? The computer yeah. is their God, right? Okay. They say that religion itself is what the singularity brought down. The people that you mentioned believe in this. They're all computer scientists, right? No. Not all of them. No? Some of them are not this computer scientists. I was, re- I was actually listening. You, you told me. That we were listening to a podcast, right? Uh, the, the Dilbert guy. What's his name? Scott Adams. Scott Adams. Scott the guy Adams. who created Dilbert, the comic. Yeah, which he, is a very smart comic, by the way. Yeah, he's... He completely believes it. He, he believes that we're a software He's simulation. an artistic person. Why would they say the word software, though? Because it has to be software. Right. I mean... Because it's a program. It's a computer program. I like mean, the Matrix. Okay, so like, how would you know? So, like whether, the Matrix, it's not very imaginative. Yeah, but so like the Matrix, right? 
the way that they were living in the matrix is they were plugged into a machine and then this machine was creating this this fake world for them that they resided in yeah where they thought they had choice where they they thought that regular physics applied except so that they're like a mario and a luigi basically yeah 3d version really advanced and you're controlling your own character subconsciously somewhere else but the thing is this like when you when whenever these uh sort of science fiction type operations or theories make it physical right that's not that's not imaginative at all you're limited to your view of things like if you said something like uh, you know you're in a dream and you know whatever something else that's not physical well nolan this is like the inception inception Inception. that would be actually more uh imaginative and more in in line with reality than to think that there's some kind of huge outlet somewhere yeah right and a huge plug somewhere so inception was these people can tap into their subconscious in a certain way etc the majority of what these people are saying and most of them are like silicon valley types right their argument is yeah no it's all computer program so that there's a big keyboard somewhere it's not necessarily artificial intelligence it's just it's not being I mean, run by humans by i the mean way. technically it's being run by computers technically the way it's like they, non-living it's like terminator i mean technically the way they believe it right is really our idea of almost god right so what yeah. i find yeah. crazy yeah. is why can't you then just believe in god by the way yeah it's a it's 100 <laughs> it's a it's actually a hundred percent ashari theology right so the, the computer creates this world that generally has cause and effect Though could be suspended mm-hmm. at the computer creator's will, um, you have a certain destiny. You have the illusion of free choice. However, most of it is laid out for you, or all of it is laid out for you, and it's not really going to change. And the computer knows—I mean, calling it a computer, but the robot, whatever it is—the the AI knows the result. What your choices are going to be because it created your personality and it created your environment mm-hmm. and it created everything around you. So because it has ultimate knowledge of the entire okay, so environment outside so these of time people, and space as well this is asharism 100 <laughs> so these, these people saw intelligence on the world and they attributed their origins to the same intelligence to ai that's what it is Artificial they just AI. call it in, yeah. they just call it ai yeah right so but they're really, actually closer because we're, we're saying intelligent design right yeah they're actually closer to something this well they are saying intelligent design but the funny thing is we say it like personal and alive well also we say it from a time perspective in the past although it lies yeah. outside of time they say it in the future. Ah. Right? So the problem with their AI is that it's not beginninglessly eternal. Uh, it has a beginning. It has yeah. a beginning. Now, As does the universe. This is why their gods fail. Because you, know <laughs> you know the Prophet ﷺ likened this life in comparison to the next life to the similarity of your dream and your wakeful state. No yeah. one can. We don't believe that dreams are fake. No. We believe that if you saw a vision, it's true. Yeah. Right? And then, of, of course, there is nightmares. From Shaitan, which we're not supposed to talk about, and it makes you wake up scared. And there are true dreams, and then there are mere reflections of your thoughts, yeah. and you know things that you've been thinking about. And they, these are three types of dreams according to in Islam. And but all of them have reality. The nightmare is from the Shaitan. The messed up dream, right, is from your nafs. Basically, like you slept with a full stomach or you're cold, and your your thoughts kind of got jumbled up in your dream. And then the third one is a true dream that Allah allowed to happen. Like the soul, spirit of someone came into your dream and told you something. That right. We say this is real. An angel came and recited something to you and you found yourself in your dream making dhikr. Right? We say this is true. Right? We believe in all of these things. However, is not comparable to the truth of the wakeful state. That's why we can't even make decisions 
just based on dreams and sharia you're not allowed to say okay i saw a dream that i should uh, quit my job and become a plumber in syria wait for the mahdi right you can't do that right you <laughs> alex is thinking about it i gave him an idea he's not going to be here next week I'd, no. I'd, I'd go to medina but whatever I'd go to medina yeah uh yeah with syria would be wait for the prophet Isa, but uh the, the point is that these are levels of reality so that's why i think it's, it would be much more imaginative right than to say a computer program which is run by like electricity and wires and, and hard matter uh, it just doesn't so, seem like solar energy <laughs> well so the the way they say it and this is really off topic but like the way they no, say our it, topic here is basically this is topic. atheism and your your you guys's point is to show that there are complex beliefs out there that oh, very yeah. intelligent leaders of our known world today are believing in that are actually more far-fetched than belief in allah and also oh, yeah. less you i want to make this point before you you go on less utilitarian like you believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, you will have guidance to the bottom point. Even the the kuffar of Mecca or Arabia made fun of the Muslims. They said, "Nabiyukum alamkum khira'a," which means, which means your prophet did he even teach you how to take up? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word that they used, right? Yeah. That's why the muhaddithin say when they say this, they say "Akramukumullah" because they said like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, 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 not a great word, but. Uh, for it to be in the masjid so basically the sahaba said to they, the kuffar said that to the prophet uh, to the sahaba he said is he, he going to teach you to do that too the yes. sahaba said he already taught us that yeah right he already right. taught us that how to, how to clean ourselves from the bathroom the point is i was saying that uh, the dean of the prophets is very useful oh. all of the stuff you guys are saying between singularity whatever to what we talked about before right it's pointless it's all like you know, fun imagination. Really, yeah. that's all it is. That's all you it can is. make Christopher Nolan makes like movies like Interstellar using these types of uh, ideas, and are really cool to watch. And that's it. That's it. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and it's ridiculous that these theories exist. Right. They're not far fetched. And they're so complex. Right. Like people yeah. will say, "Oh, that's not far fetched. That's yeah. just science." Yeah. <laughs> right. What do you mean? And that's why Muslims. Right. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is. I don't want Muslims to get faked out by this stuff, mm -hmm. right? All very of this stuff can be deconstructed. Very important right? and very important to say that Darwin's biggest heist was taking intelligence out of science. Mm -hmm. This is his biggest. If you say science, if you say nature, he's ta uh, you ta he's taken intelligence out of it. You know, right? So that what's natural and real must not have the intelligence that humans have. That's right. So That's now we're hitting, you know, uh, a solid amount of time. So I do want to close up, uh, and you know, I want to get some last comments from from you, Dr. Shadi and Alex as well. Mm -hmm. Well, what you were saying is very important. That a Muslim, in order to actually guard your deen these days, you actually have to be aware of the darknesses, right? You need to be learned in La Ilaha, which is like, what are we rejecting? Right, we need to know how people. Th also, from a Dawah perspective, how are you going to talk to people with ilm if you don't know what they believe? In right. ilm al-kalam, the study of other religions and other philosophies, right, is very important. Very important. Like Sheikh Said Fudu, when he teaches kalam, he starts with what did um, Durkheim say about religion? How did he describe it? Uh, Weber, various sociologists. How did they conceptualize religion? Right? How do other religions? It's basically a, a religions class, right? Mm -hmm. 
Why? Because how are you going to speak to people? How are you going to formulate anything if you don't know what they think? You come That's off looking like when Dawkins talks about Islam and he knows nothing. Yeah, and he knows You come nothing. off looking just you like come that. Off looking and the like people that. just can't take you seriously. They can't take you seriously. And that's why... Oh, and if, so if any Muslim takes Dawkins seriously, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Especially not that guy about Islam. Like, yeah. he doesn't know anything. Yeah, and, and, and if, if any <laughs> Muslim... If any Muslim gets fooled by Dawkins, trust me, even other atheists think, he, think he's yeah. fooled. Yeah, he has a lot of critics amongst atheists, yeah. right. too. So that's what he was... Sheikh Saeed Fuda was saying, let's say you're not knowledgeable. Let's say you don't know Arabic. Let's say you can't study fiqh. Don't think you can't be of service to the deen, right? You can study the darknesses, right? Yeah. And then you will be an expert in that field and you will know how the ulama responded to that, right? You see what right. I'm saying? Right. So you'll be an ex expert in the darkness and the response to that darkness. And we should never underestimate or remove from our dialogue deconstruction. It is so critical. And the Shahada tells us, the Shahada tells us, there is none worthy of worship except Allah. Therefore, who am I rejecting? I need to know all yeah. these ideas that I'm rejecting and I'm trying to convince people is otherwise. If you it, don't know the darknesses, you can be duped. Yeah, and the ilah that today's Muslim in the West is saying, la ilaha, right? The the, the God that they're, that's being rejected, the entity worthy of worship, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm rejecting an idol. an idol or, you know, Jesus or I'm rejecting, uh, you know, some other. This is not that. It's, the idols of the day which are non-physical idols. idols it's it's ideas yeah it's yeah. these it's these atheistic these materialist conceptions that are outside of they're actually outside of ultimate reality and they're outside of what a muslim should be dealing with mm -hmm. so you have to know that part of our rejection is reje it's not rejection of science in fact the muslims as a society as a group advanced science for a longer period than anyone else has mm -hmm. the the west has been doing science for what a few hundred years the muslims did it for like a thousand years mm -hmm. right and built the, the foundations of all western science in fact yeah. all the all the european science it's built on the foundations of the science that muslims were doing it's not that we don't do science it's that we have limits part of kalam ilm al kalam when we look at these things is to ask the question just to look at these ideas and ask what benefit have they brought? And this is by observation, right? Anecdotal evidence, right? What benefit do these ideas bring to life in the past and, and what possibly in the future? And what harms, okay? And then to compare that with what Islam has brought. Like all the stuff that we've been talking about. This stuff, you can't base a family on this stuff. You can't raise a family on this. You can't make a community <laughs> out of this stuff. And in fact, if anything, it probably might cause chaos. You're telling us we're all figments inside of a, a software. I mean... Uh, the softwares are killing each other all the time. If I kill someone, then why should I feel guilty? Uh, right? The software will punish you. They have their own version of hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true. Oh my gosh. What is that? The trash can and being deleted? Is that hell? <laughs> Not right? only that, they have their own version of... So you have to do what you can to foment this, the coming of the singularity. Because if you don't, the AI will... Remove you. Put you in a bad state. So uh, now that we've even spoken about this... It sounds too much like they're borrowing from. This is not original. You're borrowing from Judeo-Christianity concept of. Of course, yeah. I mean, this is the this is the accusation against all atheists. Yeah. You go, where is your moral center? What are your ideas mm -hmm. of ethics? Exactly. You grew up in a Judeo-Christian environment. That's why no. you think right is right exactly. and wrong is wrong. Exactly. Else you wouldn't even have any idea of it. That's what Nietzsche said. That's his summary. Is yeah. You guys, all your philosophy. He was the biggest atheist, right? He said all you guys are unoriginal, with your brotherhood right. and your friends. All this. So the guy that tried to do something about this is. Uh, He's a big Islamophobe. What's his name? He's one of the atheists. One of Krauss? the big atheist guys. No, Krauss. he he's current. 
American. Um, Alhamdulillah that I can't remember yeah. this, this shaitan's name. Allah removes. Anyway, <laughs> he doesn't know a lot about Islam. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's one of these like new atheists. He's one of the like big four of them. Um, yeah, there's a big four. Oh, you got Hitchens and Dawkins, Dawkins and, and whatnot. Yeah. The other two. No, Spencer's not one of them, no. Spencer. Yeah, no, Spencer's Spencer. Christian guy. Robert Spencer's Christian. Yeah, he's, not seeing he's no, Shaitan. Anyway, so this guy, so he wrote a book trying to, trying <laughs> to prove division. that. Shaitan's different yeah, division. <laughs> trying to prove that you could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. We'll do one on the shaitan, the shaitans. Um, that so he wrote a book trying to prove that you can do religion. I mean, that you can do ethics and morality outside of religion just based on empirical evidence. It's a failure, a. But b. So one of the things that he is now is a vegan, because for moral and ethical reasons, right? Okay. For all you vegans out there listening, it's um. fine. If you want to do it, if you think it's healthy, it's not. Do your research. <laughs> but if you want to, first of all, it's Sunday. You have to at least eat meat sometimes, like on an egg and stuff, right? Yeah. And by the way, we kill animals. Allah says, Allah says, This is a command. Allah has promised you al-kawthar. Therefore, worship your Lord and sacrifice. If you think it's immoral, and that's why you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you have a problem. What are you if saying you th- about our dean? Yeah. If you okay. think that just that particular slaughterhouse was not done well, that's a different subject. That's a different topic. If yeah. you don't want to support, I don't support factory farming. I get all my stuff from halal, organic, free all range, grass fed, yeah. all that stuff. But readily available nowadays. Yeah. This is not a commercial, but you can get it in ShopRite. Yeah. It comes from Australia. It's all halal, grass fed. Yeah. Grass fed, halal, free range. They don't abuse the animals. They don't use steroids or hormones yeah. or any of that stuff. That said, um, if you're eating vegetables because you're uh, vegan because mm-hmm. you don't want to harm the animal you don't even want to drink their milk yeah. or eat their cheese or something it's just ridiculous um, it's ridiculous because the cow would get really up, you know yeah. they're not, he's going to get sick if you don't milk him so what are you going to do let it waste it's, okay. it's a whole thing right? yeah. but even if that right, you're like oh, I don't want to use animal products just harvesting like they usually eat a lot of tofu just harvesting one acre of tofu kills mm-hmm. more animals than I consume in an entire year. Like you have snakes and mice and voles and Mm -hmm. foxes. Deer. You like deer, right? Deer are actually big, large herbivores. Yeah. Baby deer nest in fields. Uh And one of the, you know how that thing about deer freezing in the headlight? Yeah. Well, it's even more pronounced when they're little. When when they're frightened, when they're they're like uh, newly born fawns, they just freeze. And so when when that harvester comes through, harvesting the Uh grain and stuff, it just chops their head right off. Because yo, know, you're talking about like a machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. see what those you're talking big, about. Those yeah. big machines that Non-operated come through. Non-operated by human. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see what you're well, talking about. Well, because nobody's coming through with a knife yeah. cutting down the, the stalks. Yeah. They would take forever. That's true. So when they run these harvesters through, they're killing literally thousands of animals and per acre. And I have acre. another point and so another question. You'd have to think that small animals like rabbits and mice and voles and squirrels and maybe even baby deer and snakes mm-hmm. are all far less valuable than one cow. So your ethics don't even make it. You're yeah. an idiot. I have another question for you guys. <laughs> All right. Why is it, no, it's for these vegans, okay, that you imagine that that green piece of kale that you're ripping up and cutting up doesn't have any feelings? Well, why it does? <laughs> it does. It does. When you so they've done this experiment, right? There, there, certain plants. If they hear the sound of a caterpillar, a certain caterpillar chewing that eats that kind of leaf. Yeah. They, yeah, they release toxins, right? That makes the, the leaf nervous. taste very bad. Yeah. No, it's it's a protection. It makes the leaf taste bad. But here's the crazy part. 
even if you play a recording of it, it will have that chemical reaction. And if you play a recording of something that sounds very similar, but is not the actual ca- caterpillar, it won't react. So it so can it discern because yeah. the sound is almost identical. Humans would probably be, it's the same sound, but the plant can discern that, right? Just off the vibrations in the air because it doesn't have, obviously, when ears we, or, an, or an audio. When we get nerve. to the nano level of everything, we're going to discover that when we breathe in oxygen and transform that and exhale CO2, Mm. That that you have done great damage and trauma to those oxygen molecules. And as what Muslims, are you gonna do then? Yeah, and as Muslims, what are you gonna breathe in? By the way, all you vegan Muslims, it's not like an atheist Muslim. You can be a vegan yeah. Muslim and a Muslim vegan, <laughs> and I'm sure those are two very different things in your community. Um, you know, the grass testifies against you on the day of judgment. So what are you talking about these plants? Just yeah. because it doesn't have eyes that look at you like yeah. you know sad. <laughs> You're gonna kill me? Like, and, give and, me a break. And on what we believe, Subhanallah, the lamb, or the cow, or whatever it is, that is slaughtered in the correct way by a mu'min, he is the shaheed of the cows. Yeah, he is a martyr in the in the in the type that that's how they view it. Same, you would. Why do you live? You live for a cause, and mm-hmm. you would die for that cause, right? The sacred is what you would die for. What is greater than life, right? And what do you say of those people who died for a cause? You honor them. Right, mm-hmm. these are honors. You would wish to die a martyr, right, a shaheed in the correct way. Likewise, for the in the world of animals, if you're so worried about them, they don't make theories from yourself. Take it from the messengers. Yeah. These animals, when he dies properly, goes for a mu'min to eat him properly. This is why he was existed. This is his martyrdom. Right. And and before anybody goes, oh, you're going so hard on these vegans. They're just trying to be ethical. You're not more ethical than the anbiya. And you're not more ethical than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if this was something that we shouldn't do, we would have been told it because he didn't hide anything and he didn't fail to give us any of the message. So just stop it. If you think it's healthier, great. Good for you. You know, it's you may want to read up on that too because you probably, I think you're wrong. I've done a lot of research on it. But fine, that's one argument. But if you think you're more ethical than... Than, and, than, the, than the prophets and the generality of the Muslims uh-huh. because of something that's really like kind of a new idea and you're ignoring the realities that th- forget about what the other vegans say we believe, we believe that too. plants yeah we believe that plants also will testify against you if you harm them so what are you doing? SubhanAllah and, and, and not only that there are people out there who don't even have never eaten meat in their lives and you're rejecting it for some mm. uh, this is a kibr Right, honestly, this is arrogance, and not even a a Muslim vegetarian or vegan. But there's like vegans that like own pets. Yeah, sorry, they adopt pets. (laughs) Haram to say you own it. No, no, seriously, they get offended. You know, I don't own this pet. It's my. It's I've adopted it or I rescued it or whatever. It lives with me. We're symbiotic. Yeah, but they don't own the pet. They don't own the pet. No, it's really insulting to them. It's not a slave. It's a pet. So that they will put. They will take a cat. Now you know, cats are obligate carnivores. Yeah. They can't eat. Oh, what are they going to do with if that? We had a they feed them a vegan diet and then the cat gets sick and dies. Oh my God. You people are so <laughs> dumb. So dumb. The reason you have cats, the reason why Allah made us cats, not us just to keep us company. Our cats are very functional. We don't have a mouse or a rat in the house. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a mouse in the house if you have a good uh, one or two cats. Yeah. They go into wherever, right? They finish out. If I see a bug, I don't have to worry. The, the cat will get it. it. Yeah. So I, haven't tell- seen, I haven't seen so a centipede oh, yeah. for months in my so house. So you're telling me People will feed a cat a vegan diet. And then it gets sick and dies. <laughs> here's, here's or they'll say, question, you have to supplement with vitamins and stuff. You supplement, the, just let it eat meat. And, and, it's, and, and, you, and the, you're torturing the, the poor amount thing. Of, the amount of uh, 
of money they're spending on that, right? Mm. Could have been feeding like a family for like a month. And here's the thing with these people. If you're the, if you're so ethical out there, eventually, why are you superior to other any other animal? What happens when you cross paths with like a bear or a cougar that mm. is hungry and wants to take a bite out of your kid, right? Yeah. Well, you know. this is what I said. I think I said it. I might have said it on, on Facebook or something or in an email to someone. But all of these people that think that they're super ethical because of this, right? Why don't you just go feed yourself to a, a no, grizzly bear or something? That's the logic, yeah. Go, go, to, go to Alaska, jump in front, go feed yourself to a grizzly bear that's hungry and give up your life. I yeah. mean, we can make the argument, why did they kill Harambe then? Why, why that? Uh, why, why, why did they kill Harambe then? That's the same as well. Right? We're like, talking about the, the... The gorilla. The gorilla. Right? Yeah. Like, according to a vegan, it's all the same thing, right? So why did yeah. you kill... You should have let the baby die. should have let the baby die. That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah but no, you that, can't say that. Really? Because, because like, the, no, you, know, like, you know that mom had that gorilla had like baby gorillas yeah. and he had dependents. She had dependents. They were a family relying upon that one gorilla. That's their, you know. Right. Yeah. So, like, so I, I, I heard a, a, a comedian talking about that and he refused to use the name and he was like, because gorillas don't have names. <laughs> it's a gorilla, right? He goes, it's gorilla mother didn't name it that. <laughs> no. He said some goofy white lady in cargo shorts gave yeah. it that name and I'm not going to play it into her fantasy world where gorillas... <laughs> Are called by proper and, names. And tell me, isn't that re- recognizing some degree of control and ownership? Yeah, of course. And and yeah, you wanted you named here, it. Here's the funny thing. Itself. You you're these animal activists. They didn't want to shoot the gorilla. Hold on a second. Backtrack. The gorilla is trapped in a little cage. Isn't that the bigger the issue? The zoo is hot on. Right. Zoos the, are probably hot on. The zoo it. itself in our in our Sharia we wouldn't accept it. Right. Yeah. Forget talking about. Oh, they shouldn't have shot the gorilla. Why is the gorilla trapped in this little ten by ten pen? pen well, they'll or whatever say it that is? they'll say that. Oh, we're doing it to preserve the gorillas. You know that this is haram for us. We can. You cannot go trap a lion in a uh, one hundred by one hundred foot uh, thing, and no matter and, how much and grass throw you put it in dead there. meat and throw it dead meat. You know that it, it has needs to hunt. To, it needs to hunt. It needs to get yeah. those that those hormones out of its body. You know, get yeah. them going. Well, the thing about the mouse yesterday, my wife was like, "Oh, there's this like little crack by like between the cabinet and the dish." She was like, "What if a mouse can get into there?" I was like, first of all, a mouse can get through like smaller than that." Yeah. But secondly, you see the monster cat we have in this house? <laughs> that thing's like sixteen that pounds. Survive. That thing will not survive. <laughs> so uh, now I think uh, we're hitting. Yeah, I think you it's know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we uh, touched uh, a note on vegetarians and vegans with me and Alex have go. an allergy to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Ver- verified by doctors. So I think so we talked, so yeah, we did don't, like don't be, don't be offended. Our veg our, our allergy to vegetarians and vegans is actual syndrome and a, a DSM five, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. All right. This was fun. Yeah. So I think uh that's uh that's a wrap for today, inshallah. This is part two of uh the Safina Society podcast for uh, the I don't know what we're titling yet. Yeah. Um, but because the, I'll be in Australia next week, you want to catch some of that stuff? It'll be live streamed this set this coming Saturday. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be released in the past or the present or in the uh, be over by then. I don't know when you're plan on releasing it, but that's why we did part one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, again, right uh, as we said at the beginning of part one. Uh, a lot of these topics, right, we cover even further in depth at the Awalem class at Safina Society and also lectures online. Um, so, you know, check them out at safinasociety.org. Great. If you're local, do come to the Sunday classes. Um, mm-hmm. We're now mm-hmm. wrapping up this semester of the Awalem. Awalem is uh, the scholarship track, right? There's five years. Um, 
And so we're actually closer to the end of the semester, but we do start up again in January. Uh, and a lot of these topics, we only touch the surface of mm-hmm. on these podcasts. And we can't go into the depths of whether it be deconstruction or ilm or anything. All of that takes time. Mm-hmm. And in order to have time, you need to come in person um, and, and join us. And, and that's where you can gain the most benefit, inshallah. inshallah. So I think this is uh, the wrap. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, better. everyone. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله نشهد الله إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم